0: Hey guys, it's Thursday and it's Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. And I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Hey all, I am recording this on Tuesday, which is Halloween. And it's such a different experience for me in LA. I don't have kids, but like in New York... I lived at the nucleus of the Halloween parade and the Halloween parade is like, it's bananas. It's like gay pride meets the Macy's holiday parade meets, you know, not to be rude, but a lot of out of town, like we call them bridge and tunnelers. So drunk kids from the burbs from outside of New Jersey, Philly, Connecticut, Westchester, think Santa con, but Halloween, it's a nightmare. And you can't leave when you live where I live, which is on 10th street and, and 6th Avenue. You literally are locked in. They You can't cross the street. And I've made the unfortunate mistake once with a boyfriend and his son who needed to get home to go to school in the morning and go to bed. And we literally were on the other side of Sixth Avenue. And the cops were like, get the fuck out of here. Like I was offering money. And we ended up having to walk. I'm sure if we had put our rational brains on, we could have probably gotten to 23rd, but they kept saying no. So we walked down all the way to the financial district, basically. Like past Soho. I can't even talk about it. It was like a three-hour event. The poor kid didn't get to bed till like... 1230 or something. It's a nightmare. And then when you get to 10th Street, they were like forcing me to show ID and I was like all clustered, like uh, just chaos. The only good thing about it is that the parade is hosted by New York City media icons Jamie Stelter, who I have known for a very long time, hi Jamie, and then Pat Kiernan. And they, it used to be New York One, which is like the most New York thing. Like I am telling you, New York stopped being New York when they rebranded it to, (laughs) I think it's called Spectrum News because of Spectrum took over. But New York won. Like you've seen it in TV shows and movies where it's always that lo- like logo, New York won. And Jamie Stelter is the road and rails girl. I mean, come on, Jamie's the best. She is, every New Yorker knows Jamie. Jamie's also married to Brian Stelter, the media reporter. They're amazing. And they dress up. They Jamie and Pat dress up and they've been doing it for years. And I would always come out and visit and like get into the holiday spirit and uh, potato gets dressed up and all of that, but then it's like chaos and it is like the doormen in that area gets so worked up. Like I can only imagine the amount of money they have to be given to work Halloween <laughs> 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 because it is, they have to stop people from peeing in the doorways or vomiting or it's, it's, it's the worst of the worst, but also fun. And then here I am in LA in the Hollywood Hills where they don't have trick-or-treaters, like forget about it. Like you don't even know there is not anything in my area that looks like Halloween. There is not a pumpkin. There is not a decoration. There is nothing. These are people without kids. They don't want to see kids. This is not a community welcoming to children. And I've never lived in a place where I have trick-or-treaters, which is also sort of weird. And I know many, many people find that strange, but in New York, I lived in an apartment building, so the trick-or-treaters came to the doorman, but they're not allowed in the building running around. And it wasn't fun for kids in the building to go door-to-door, so they would leave and go to the townhouses in, like, the West Village. And now I live in L.A., where there's trick-or-treating all around, but not in my area, because I live in, like... I live in a place where they're just not kids. Kids, it would be very hard for kids to live in the Hollywood Hills. It's just not really conducive to children, but you forget it's Halloween. But then I live right above like the center of WeHo and it's also the center of the Halloween parade, I choose to live in, you know, obviously beautifully gay areas like the West Village, Greenwich Village, and now West Hollywood, which is where they have the most fun, obviously, and the most fun parades, but I'm stuck home. Like there's the traffic, I, even t- like just getting around town today was a nightmare because of all the road closures and I'm like rerouting, Waze is completely given up. Waze is like, I've taken the day off. I don't know how to get you there. So I am with my dog isn't dressed up. I have no spirit. I'm eating candy and I'm going to probably watch a horror movie by myself because I'm not motivated to go deal with traffic and the nightmare of driving around in this. And then inevitably when I watch a horror movie by myself and I think I'm a grown up and I can watch a horror movie, I then literally freak myself out so much that I have to sleep with all my lights on. I have to like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and check my alarm. I'll check the ring cameras. I don't, why I do this to myself is bananas to me. I needed a child therapist when I was a kid after a sleepover and watching Nightmare on Elm Street, because I literally couldn't go to sleep because I was afraid Freddie would get me. And that was like, I had to see a therapist as at like a 10 year old and the parents of my friend who I slept over and I was trying to act cool, like totally I could watch horror movies, but I wasn't. I was not cool. I had panic attacks, like would wet my bed. Like it was, I regressed to being a three-year-old. And now at 49 years old, I still can't watch horror movies. I like creepy, but horror like Freddy, like OG Freddy, OG. It's fucking terrifying. They don't make movies like that. There was also a movie that was ahead of its time in the trans world called Sleepaway Camp. Have you seen that one, my friends? Go look that up. That shit is real. I still have horror nightmares about that. And also why I couldn't go to Sleepaway Camp the next summer after watching it. So I have no business watching horror movies, but yet I do it to myself. And I think we all are guilty of that. Like we know things are bad for us and yet we do it anyway. I mean, the list is long. Men, cigarettes, drugs, candy, soda, like horror movies. <laughs> what is it? Like, I wish I could just wake up and be like, I'm going to do yoga and drink green juice and find a, a lovely man to date who doesn't have any mommy issues. It'd be great amazing. But here I am going to watch Freddy Krueger and probably start wetting the bed again. So that's my night. I hope you guys had a great Halloween. We need a little humor. I'm sorry. I'm just going off the rails here because I mean, like most of you, I think we're like slightly insane from everything. And I don't know. I mean, I assume that all of my listeners are not all on the same page and everybody has their own emotional connection to what's happening. But I would like to think that everybody listening are rational, thoughtful people who understand what's going on right now is horrible. And what I mean by what's going on, and that is the blatant anti-Semitism that is taking over. And that somehow my belief is that Donald Trump, I'm going to hold him responsible for something else, but Donald Trump, made it be acceptable to say the things that people have grown over the decades to realize is not okay, right? The inside voice, maybe there's hate in there. Maybe people are racist or anti-Semitic or homophobic, but they learned enough, like the fringe maybe said things, but mainstream people were like, I can't say that. And if you don't say it, then you don't perpetuate it. And if even you're thinking it, you don't say it. And I'm not saying that's acceptable either because God, we should be more educated. And the fact that anybody hates somebody because of their color of their skin or their sexuality or their race or religion is bananas to me. I mean, uh, there's so many other reasons to hate somebody. Like I hate somebody because they don't like cheese. I hate you. Like that's an expectation. If you vehemently are opposed to cheese, I vehemently am opposed to you. But that is a choice. You've chosen not to like cheese. I've chosen not to like you. I'm not like, if you were born allergic to cheese, I'm not mad at you you're not choosing. You might want to like cheese, but you can't. It'll kill you. How would I hold you responsible for that? It makes no sense. And I'm dumbing it down, obviously, but Donald Trump made it acceptable to say horrible things, to say whatever the fuck came to his mind, to mock disabled people, to mock gay people, to mock women. And we have been fed this. This is this ongoing sort of propaganda that's in our brains. And that's what's happened. This has been a slow roll, guys, a slow fucking roll to where we are today. Not to mention that I, I am pissed at the far left. I am fucking pissed because when in the world have I ever found myself agreeing with the Ben Shapiros of the world and you've put me in a fucking place where I'm agreeing with some of these right wing f- people in a moment in time that this is like, this is why I hate everybody now. Don't ever have me being like, oh, that was a really smart thing that person said. Who was that? Ben Shapiro, God damn you. Like, don't make this be the case. You are driving a wedge through society. And the problem that's happening, I'm like, now I've become a political podcast. Like, look at me. Well, the problem that we're having is the same problem that Israel's having and why Israel, one of the reasons Israel is in the positions it's in, and we're susceptible to this horrible, horrible events of October 7th. And that is, in my belief, is that Israel was a very like moderate country, liberal to moderate, but you had a middle. And then somewhere, somewhere along the line, thanks to fucking Bibi, who, by the way, I am horrified by October 7th. And when I post that I'm horrified by October 7th, this does not make me an Israeli government apologist. I don't even know what you're talking about. How does that make me or anybody say that we support Netanyahu and his policies. I have adamantly been opposed to his policies. I went to protests in Tel Aviv against his policies. 200,000 people were at that protest that I was at. So like, I don't understand how people don't... It's like everybody needs something to be binary. But here's the problem. Israel became very far left and very far right. There's no middle. And you see that in America too. Like we used to have like friendly discourse and people sort of found each other in the middle. There's none of that. It's the far, far left who you have these elected politicians who are like, Israel should have seen it coming and they get what they deserve. What? Are you really... Have you lost your humanity when you're saying there, when a professor whatever this motherfucker is who asked if the baby that was found in the oven had baking soda. I mean, this is, we've lost the humanity. And if you read these books, I've talked about this before. If you read these books of sort of the genesis of how, people in these moments, whether it was during Nazi Germany or whether it was in Rwanda when neighbors started killing each other, they they were like, we got caught up in this frenzy. It was this ongoing onslaught of negative stuff about whether it's the Jews or the Hutus and the Tutsis or whatever. And they were fed it over and over again. Radio programs, propaganda, social fucking media, TikTok. This is what's happening. And you watching it. In, in real time, happen in like, in moments in time. And I talk about this in the opening of the newsletter. Anybody listening knows that I love TikTok. I was like, ban TikTok? Like, come on, you guys, you're crazy. That's more Trump stuff. Sam Lesson of, uh, I mean, he's a notable figure in Silicon Valley. His wife, Jessica Lesson, is the founder and head of the information, a big media company or focused on technology or Silicon Valley, really. Sam Lesson wrote a post, And Sam is, um, you know, I mean, assumingly they're not Trump people uh, from all I know, but he's a, he's a capitalist, but he's an innovator. He's a technologist. He believes in technology and innovation. And, you know, all of these people, like I've said, we came from a place where a connected world was going to be a better world. And yet we found in the wrong hands, that shit goes crazy. And, you know, obviously Rwanda and Nazi Germany happened without TikTok. It happened though, over, you know, the same sort of premise of propaganda and negative and these, you know, your problems are a result of these people. And if we got rid of these people, then all of your problems will go away. And, and here we are where how in overnight, this horrors, a terrorist attack, horrors of what happened on October 7th during a ceasefire by the way. Israel agreed, no, this is what happened. There is a ceasefire and then fanatics, and it's not all Palestinian people, Hamas labeled a terrorist organization. They haven't had an election in, I don't know how many, or 20 something years, but they are a terrorist organization that use their people as human shields, that don't give a shit about the, the land. They don't give a shit about their people. They really don't. They just care about exterminating Jews. They're not hiding that. That is their mandate. That is what they've said. And This is where TikTok comes in because Sam Lesson wrote an amazing post. We'll put it in, I think I can put it in the show notes. If it's not in there, don't kill me. I, I... I couldn't figure out because I think he did like a LinkedIn and then he, he tweeted a screenshot of it, which was like, you can't read it. Cause it's, t- it was a, a boomer move on his end to be perfectly fucking honest. But I'm going to disagree with some of my younger friends here who are like, oh look at the olds blaming TikTok. I am fucking blaming TikTok and I'm blaming them for two reasons. And that is one, what the fuck is that? Why are balloons coming out of me? I just, I'm sorry guys, this like this new OS update, is this happening to you? I'm on video talking to my producer and all of a sudden balloons start coming out of my head. Has that happened to you? The fuck is going on? Don't, this is the craziest thing. If I move my hands, balloons come out of me. Okay, sorry, very serious topic, interrupted. But Sam Lesson says Donald Trump was right. We, holy shit. We should have banned TikTok. TikTok should be banned. And here's the two reasons. The first reason, and ultimately why it should be banned. That the other reason is not why it should be banned, but why it's a problem. But can we unequivocally say China is behind this and China wants this? No. But it doesn't take a genius to see that, you know, the Palestinians are supported by Iran, and Iran is supported by Russia, and Russia is supported by China, and they all have the same interests, and they all want the same thing. And China is the arbiter of what is being fed to us on TikTok. Not to mention reported, I, it's not rumor or speculation, this is in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, which I guess are s- still bastions of journalism, though they've let us down lately. But it's been reported that they've removed the name Israel from the maps in China and from Chinese companies, media companies and others. They the The term Israel has been removed. So let's Let's, let's, like, it doesn't take a genius to connect the dots here. China loves this. This is what China wants hate Israel, create conflict, disruption, all of that. So that's why it should be banned. This is absolutely in my belief system that propaganda is being pushed and they are handling it. And I know people at TikTok who would not say anything like this on the record, but who have themselves shared their concerns let's just say the second problem why i fucking hate tiktok right now is and and maybe they should just be banned because they can't control the bots on this but you know at the end of the day you're seeing 80% more content pro palestinian than you are pro israel and the fact that we're even pro one or the other is crazy how can you have been against like what happened on October 7th how does that mean you're for the killing of everybody i am standing here saying they you know we the idf should not be bombing refugee camps they should not be bombing innocent people i understand it's complex i understand they need to retaliate i don't believe in a ceasefire truthfully i believe that they have to fight back but you know just carpet bombing everybody is not necessarily the right thing there's a lot of misinformation though out there and then you have 80% of these are pro palestinian TikToks, that is simply because they're more pro-Palestinian people than there are pro-Israel people. They're younger and they're better at TikToks. So that's not TikTok's fault. I understand that, but these people are creative and they're much better at TikTok. They're 18-year-olds making TikToks they're better at it. But also the algorithm is going to celebrate viral sort of content and viral can be propaganda and outrageousness and you know all of that stuff whereas the Israel TikToks are maybe more serious or and more informative or educational. I'm not that's a grand generalization, but it's just my interpretation of what I've seen is that they're better at TikTok. But secondly, Oh my god, the bots, the bots. Somebody will create a post about the hostages, just a simple video of the hostages, and then the comments are die Jews, burn you dirty. It's disgusting, but they pop up like a million. They somebody showed a video of the of their comments popping up like you can tell it's a bot storm. Like it's you don't get 1500 comments in 30 seconds. It just doesn't happen. So It's all bad. And it's, it's rotting the brain. And what you're seeing on college campuses, that's perpetuated by some of these college professors and the college heads are not saying like zero tolerance policy. Like these kids should be fucking expelled. If you write one negative thing, if you're ripping off these posters of a, missing children. If you are if it's not about protesting peacefully. I'm talking if you're saying hateful things, if you're posting message boards and making threats. If you are threatening people in in their face. If you are whatever you do, you should be expelled, you lose all credits, and you don't get your money back for that tuition. And if you got a student loan, you still owe that student loan, bitches. That is where they need to start dropping the hammer. And by the way, this is on both sides. Like if there's anti-Islam stuff happening, I feel the exact same way. The fact that this is where humanity is, that a horrible abuse of what happened to these parents and children and grandparents and festival goers has somehow been turned into like a call to arms and having all of these people I know and love being like, yeah, but Brooke, but Brooke. But Brooke, what has been happening? Like they don't, you, first of all, these people, half the people I know saying that don't even understand the actual history. They don't know. They haven't read the history books or the, or the articles. They don't really understand. And you see that when people are pressed, when people are pressed, like, what, what, what would you do if you're, if this was your country and you, your family were raped and murdered or whatnot, what would you want? How would you handle it? Would you just be like, you know, kumbaya, let's all try to get along? I mean, it's so ridiculous. And war is terrible. And it's a horrible place that we're in. But, like, let's be clear by saying this is a horrible thing that happened to these innocent people is not saying that you're for the murder and extinction of another group of people. It, it's okay. So I could just go on for this, but we need an escape. So I'm just, that's my rant. And if you disagree with me, you're wrong, because because it's about humanity. It's about I don't even know what to say. There's no the right or wrong is not like I'm right because I'm I'm pro Israel and anti-Palestine cause that's not true. It's not binary, guys. Like come on, you have to be human. And innocent children should not be killed. And and it's horrible in war. And yes, I understand that you know we can't have kumbaya, but the fact that you're turning this into hating Jews is bananas to me and that rampant anti-Semitism. I don't know if you guys saw it happened in Montauk. like Montauk, a place that people are supposedly hanging out to just, you know, they're their cool surfing community. There's educated people that live there, a very diverse group in Long Island, a lot of Jews in Long Island. And you know, they woke up in Montauk yesterday with swastikas all over restaurants and doors and death to Jews and 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 Nazi language. And it's terrible. Like how? this is so crazy. And it is going to be like one of those people are going to look back and be like, how did we, how, how did this happen? And it, it's this indoctrination of this far left and we're so far left and we're so far right that we've just lost our minds. That's my, you know, put me on Bill Maher. How about that? But let's talk about pop culture. I, um, It's a miracle I've not become an alcoholic. I've really not been drinking because I drank the other night and I had wine and I haven't had wine in a long time and I had wine with some friends. And then the next day, I swear to God, you remember that movie Devil's Advocate when Charlize Theron, you know, and there's uh, Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves and Charlize is in the dressing room with the wives of the, the women from the law firm or whatever that Keanu was at. And she saw in the mirror, their faces changed. and She saw they were demons. Swear to God, that was me on Sunday. I saw a glimpse of me in the car window mirror. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I didn't look like myself. My face was so swollen. I was so puffy. I was like, a monster. I didn't even recognize me. I wouldn't take pictures. I went to Joshua Tree, which was amazing. But all the pictures of me, I'm like wearing sunglasses and have a hood over my face because my face had like tripled in size from the alcohol. My body just like was like, no, thank you. I need to go get a lymphatic drainage massage and get that puff out of my face. So that's the only reason that I've not become a deep, deep, deep alcoholic in the last 3 weeks because as much as alcohol might help me manage my stress I can't deal with the physical repercussions of looking like a demon so there you go my vanity has has helped me through fighting addiction <laughs> but we had a we had some pop culture stuff i i will say leave it to taylor swift to take our minds off of things for a minute and i talk about it in the newsletter taylor released her version of 1989, an album that came out ages ago. Um, It did not come out in 1989, but some people, believe it or not, don't know. And that's fine because everybody enters the river of information in different places. Taylor lost the masters of her music, meaning that she no longer had you know, she wouldn't make money off of her music. She could theoretically be told not to play because it wasn't her music to play anymore. I mean, all of these things. And this is as a result of her record label selling her music to Scooter Braun, which we all remember way back when. And if you don't Google it, but it was a drama. Scooter had his own version of the story, which contradicted Taylor and her family's version. Um, But it went far and wide. And I will say, if you look... It was sort of at the time when Scooter bought the Taylor's music, it was at a time when Taylor was sort of waning in popularity. People had sort of been, I think people were just annoyed with her. She had dated a lot of guys. There was that I love TS that her boyfriend Tom Hiddleston wore. And people were just sort of like, it wasn't cool anymore. It wasn't cool to be a Swifty. You sort of rolled your eyes. People were just like overexposure, overexposure. And maybe Scooter was banking on that, but... Taylor turned it around into a rallying cry. It was also that sort of like at the middle of me too or whatever and a man has come over and taken over a woman's hard work and all that and she wasn't given a choice in her her version is she wasn't given a choice. She had no idea this was happening. Scooter says this was all brought to their attention and they didn't they didn't act on it. But regardless she she put a rallying cry out and so much so to be fair, not fair that the Swifties went so far as to like give death threats to Scooter's family and all of that. So that's not acceptable, but it was a really charged period of time. And everybody was like, death to scooter. Literally people were doing the death threats, but people were just like, I was at weddings and parties and it was right before COVID and everybody was sort of like, can you believe that they would do that? What, what is, what is Taylor going to do? And Taylor ended up having the most successful time of her career, at least it's sort of things turned. And I would say that was the part of it. People started rallying behind her and showing support saying like, nobody's going to do this to this woman and then shut down. Right. So that was like, I believe that happened like November, 2019, that sort of all started to come apart. And then you have March, 2020 and COVID and lockdown. And in those those months that we were locked in our houses, Taylor made two incredible records. And Taylor brought us all together with these amazing albums. We're like, oh, I've been sitting here doing nothing for three months. And she's like, wrote one of the most incredible albums and then two of the most incredible albums ever. And we were consumed by Taylor Swift. Her songs also, not just the new ones, but the older ones were viral sensations on TikToks. People were making them into trends and so forth. So, it, you know, if I think back to like what's the thing that stands out to me the most during COVID besides all of the the devastation and all of that, but it was the music and the music that brought us together and it was a lot of Taylor Swift. And then Taylor Swift started re-recording the music that she lost. The, song, the albums that she no longer had And it's Taylor's version And if you're a Swifty, you demand Taylor's version, the streaming services I can't even, I don't even know where to find The non-Taylor version, it is Taylor's version, Taylor's version Sirius, XM, and The radio stations, they all play Taylor's version, and what I think Is so interesting is that, if that had been Taylor in 2018, 2019 I think people would have tr- like been like That's annoying, you're so greedy Like you wanna, You're doing this just so you have your own money you're making more money, whereas now people are like, "Yeah, Taylor's version. This is great. We want. We want to support her." Um, But she's also doing what Taylor does best, and she leaves these little like Easter eggs. So she's she's bringing songs from the vault out. This new uh, 1989 has a couple songs from the vault, meaning that these were songs she was working on at the time of making that album, but never made it to the album. And so. Now they're ours and the kids are going crazy. There are TikToks of, I am telling you, all different groups of people, girls, boys, black, white, young, old, gay, straight, trans, people screaming, freaking out, having a listening party when she dropped it and listening to the songs and dissecting the songs. And one of them they've determined is all about Harry Styles. And like, then it's led to like a girl saying she went on a date with Harry Styles. And that's what it was like. So many... It's just so crazy. And it's turned into its own little, um, own little world. And I will say Justin Timberlake should send Harry Styles, um, you know, a thing of flowers because all of the attention we were putting on Justin Timberlake for his terrible behavior, apparently towards Britney Spears when they were together, which all came out last week in Britney's memoir. Uh, which we talked about where he, you know, he asked her to get an abortion, encouraged her, uh, I guess decided for her to get an abortion among other things. He was hated. All the TikToks were like, fuck you, JT. And all of that, I don't see Justin Timberlake's not even on my radar anymore. It was Harry Styles, Harry Styles, who hadn't dated Taylor. In, I think, 12 years. It's been 12 years. So, you know, talk, and they're friends apparently. So I hope he got the heads up. Like she's like, look, just FYI. But there you go. It's the land of T Switch. Something I didn't put in the newsletter I was asked about is there's all of this this sort of negative stuff around Travis Kelsey's publicist. So I guess he has a publicist, she's part of the PR team, part of probably an agency that, that works with Travis. Who knows? I'm all these people have publicists. So there's probably like certain type of publicist for his content or maybe his non football stuff. I don't know who's to say, I've not done a deep dive in it, but this publicist, I guess had her birthday and one of her friends celebrated her on Instagram by saying like my Roman empire and as a picture of her, And there was a video where she's in the box with like, she's in the background and it's in the Travis Kelsey box. And and maybe it was the first football game that she was at. And you see her jumping, you see Taylor Swift jumping up and down or whatever. And the friend put a clown face emoji over Taylor Swift's face. Which the kids indicate as that's not, that was not a compliment. And then this girl, the publicist reposted that into her Instagram stories, which is basically saying that Taylor Swift is a clown. And there's other dissecting it all. People are all dissecting deep dive going through her stuff, which is like something to be said that again, there's, I can't, she's saying that it was like a PR relationship. Whatever, it's all over TikTok. I chose not to get into it for a variety of reasons. One, I just don't want negativity this week. I don't wanna be on like a let's let's bully this girls, poor girls probably not having a good week because the Swifties have gone, at, nobody wants to be on the wrong side of Swiftie. I mean, I could tell you if you're a publicist, you should know better than putting a clown face emoji on Taylor Swift that's probably not gonna go over well, especially if you're representing her boyfriend. But in any event, the girl's probably having a bad week. Maybe she's loving it. I mean, who's to say? There are two sides to that. But my feeling is if it were me, I would be despondent. I would be mortified. I would be hysterical. And I would not need some random girl who does a podcast in her Office uh, in the Hollywood Hills, talking about her negatively or writing about her negatively. So I chose not to. Also, I just felt like we need we need a little bit more positivity. So, but if you've if you've seen it or heard about it, and you're like, wait, I didn't read that in Pop Culture Mondays. Why didn't Brooke know about it? I did. I just, you know. Also, I'm in the PR world. It's tricky. It's hard. We we need all of the help we can get. We need we need more heroes in the communications world. I don't want to jump on the bandwagon and bash. Publicist. So there you have it. The big controversy though, I will say the scandal of scandals, the one that makes my heart hurt was LA guy in New York trying to get a fucking gluten-free scooped out bagel and being told rightfully to get the fuck out. There's nothing more stressful than ordering a bagel in New York City. I just went to a bagel shop here. I'm from Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, if you order a bagel, you walk in, you say, hey, can I get a scoop gluten-free bagel? The person behind the bar is usually like, of course, we have these different options today for gluten-free in New York. I just walked in and asked for a stupid gluten-free bagel. The Guy just looks at me and goes, I'm not scooping your fucking bagel, bro. It's like, dude, <laughs> that's how I want it. It's like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. I was like, all right. On to the next one, I guess. To be fair, they didn't even give him a hard time about the gluten free part. They gave him a hard time about the scooped part, but I think all in all, it was the entire thing. Like, get the fuck out of here. Don't come in with your matcha goat milk latte or whatever, and your scooped out gluten free bagel. You don't do that. Like, that's not who we are in New York. Like, we don't hide the fact when we smoke cigarettes like the LA people that all are like healthy, healthy, and then I'm here to tell you all those bitches are smoking cigarettes the minute they lights go down there is drugs there is bad eating there is their fast food at midnight let me be clear it's just the the optics it's like why LA people when i first came here when i was in my 20s i met people my age and i was like god everyone's so rich they're driving mercedes and porsches i mean i could barely afford a beat up toyota forerunner that i had and these kids that were living independently were 22, 23 years old, were driving Porsches and BMWs and Mercedes. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? How are they all so rich? And then I go to their houses and they lived in shit boxes. They lived with like five people in a like 1950s sad, depressing place in the valley. It was the LA mentality is like, I need to look a certain way. They're in their car all the time. Nobody goes back to their house so they don't know, know how they live. Everything was like, I'm gonna. Present myself a certain way, but it's bullshit. They were like making no, all of their money went to that car every single disposable amount of dollars they had in their disposable income went to leasing a Porsche or Mercedes, but they were making probably less money than I was at that time. And same, same today, you know, you go and you're like, oh, my matcha latte uh, with like, you know, uh, scooped out gluten-free pumpernickel, sunset seed, raisin, oatmeal, bagel. Thanks so much. Um, Plain no schmear they don't even know what schmear is in LA but they do because the minute the lights go down those bitches are lighting up their marlboro lights and they are drinking red bull or they're doing blow or don't do that because it's terrible but you know that's what they're doing so I was very glad to see New York doing what New York does best and giving that guy grief. Though I think the guy is sort of a content creator, so who knows if it really happened. He certainly knows how to be viral. Lots of people talking about it, including Elon Musk, which pisses me off, which pisses me off again. I'm back at being pissed off at these people who are making me agree with my mortal enemies. I don't want to be in agreement with Ben Shapiro and I don't want to be in agreement with space Karen. But when space Karen, AKA Elon Musk is out there being like, this makes, I just want a real fresh baked whole bagel. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Fucking space Karen, a broken clock is right twice a day. Right? So that's the way I look at it. I want a full on bagel. Now I will say people called me out on saying, cause I believe that New York bagels are the best because of the water in New York. That's just the way it works. And that's my belief system. So I believe even at the best, the best intentioned places outside of New York whether it's in LA, whether it's in Chicago, whether it's in a different part of the world, they don't have New York water. So you just can't, like, you can have the best bagel maker, but if you don't have New York water. However, Rob Goldman, I'm talking to you. I did hear from other people, but I disagreed with everybody. He said the bagels at Bagel Broker on Beverly at Fairfax are legit. So Rob Goldman, I'm going there this weekend and I'm gonna try it out. But I did also order bagels from New York, from Gold Belly, which I actually worked with this company back in the day when it only had one L because they couldn't afford to buy the URL with two Ls. So the company name was Gold Belly with one L. Then they became rich and famous thanks to some of their PR. And they got they got the two L's. So they're actually gold belly with two L's. And you can buy food from all your favorite restaurants and it's delivered. Like it's amazing. I will say the concept is great. I can get Russ and Daughters or the S the S E bagels, all of them. I can get them delivered for like a huge amount of money. Don't get me wrong, but they come to my house. So Bagel Gate was a drama. And then ending on a sad note, though a controversial one, you know, we don't really talk about celebrity deaths, lots of celebrity deaths happen, but sometimes when they're just so integrated in pop culture, like Matthew Perry or Maddie Perry is, I guess he went by and we all, you know, he was so, so part of our worlds and not just my generation, but the young generations because friends has taken over like, you know, multiple generations and people love it. And the youngs love it. And my generation grew up on it. I had the Rachel haircut. I'm obsessed, was obsessed, but he, Matthew Perry was somebody I knew not personally, but growing up as he was just a fixture on television. He was on some of my favorite shows, iconic shows like Silver Spoons and Growing Pains and Beverly Hills, Nine O Two And incidentally, he always played the fucked up kid. Like on 90210, he played a guy that made Luke Perry, Dylan, made interesting. They have the same last name, died young anyway. Um, Luke Perry, I believe said on the show, like that guy is a death wish. Like he was the rich kid whose father didn't care for him and only like tried to get him into Ivy leagues and he drank and he drove a Porsche and he was just, he was very, very troubled and same in Growing Pains. He played, um, what was her name? Oh my God. Seaver was the last name. Mike Seaver was the brother. Carol Seaver. Oh my God. I can't believe I remember that. The sister, Tracy Gold. Oh my God. Where is this all coming from? My brain is on fire today. Tracy Gold was the character Carol Seaver. And this was before we knew that uh, um, the brother, Mike Seaver, AKA Kirk Cameron was like a crazy, crazy right-wing religious freak. So we were watching the show and Carol Seaver was like the good girl. She was always the, like sort of the nerdy one and studious and whatnot. And she fell for this guy. I can't believe I'm remembering any of this fucking shit, but his name was Sandy because I just remember like who, fucking, why, who's in high school named Sandy? And Matthew Perry played a character named Sandy, who is Carol Seaver's boyfriend. And he, and, 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 Was it Carol was the mom? I'm pretty sure it was her. But anyway, the daughter, they went to a party and he was drinking and they got into a car accident and he was in the hospital. And you can imagine the Seavers like came to the hospital and they are rip shit pissed at their daughter. You know, he, Sandy's in the hospital. They're talking, but everybody is pissed. They are, how could you drink and drive? How have we not taught you? We've taught you this. I know mom and dad, I know we made a mistake. We'll never do it again. And then they, by the time they leave the hospital, they get home. Everything seems to be jovial. And I can't say I remember this fully because of. I watched it and I don't. Re- I remember it from then. I did see a clip of this, but not since Matthew Perry died. I saw a clip of it a few months ago and I was like, oh my God, that's so wild. Anyway, they come into the house and everybody's sort of like back to normal. And the daughter is sort of joking with her parents. And it was like, I'm going to go back and visit Sandy soon. He just needs to tell his parents and they need a couple hours for them to yell at him. And then I can go back. And then Mike Seaver, Kirk Cameron comes in and he looks absolutely crestfallen and white as a ghost. And he says, Carol, I think it's Carol. Now I don't remember, but says, uh, Sandy just died. He's dead. So he died, um, as a result of his driving drunk. So this is all so weird, right? Like art imitating life, imitating art, blah, blah, blah. And we all know that Matthew Perry struggled and he, And it's such a painful thing. Addiction is a very, very painful thing for anybody who has somebody in their lives who has struggled with it. It It is a disease. It is an illness. It is a constant battle. It involves everybody. It is, I wish you could say it's a selfish decision, like, but it is, it takes over. It consumes. It's a devil. I understand whether it's drugs, alcohol, anything when you have no control, you know, he was in particular, uh, fashion of just was out of his control and it got worse and he had a lot of demons and we all do, but you know, his manifested in that way. And I think he said something like he'd been, you know, in rehab like dozens and dozens of times he detoxed like 69 times And the last sort of big scare is that because he was taking so many pain meds, he wasn't basically going to the bathroom and then his colon exploded and he lost most of his colon and was in the hospital for months and months and months. And the fact that he survived that is in and of itself a miracle, but he wrote a book. And, uh, if you haven't read the book, I encourage you to read the book. I mean, it is honest and it is telling and it is heartbreaking, but also like, I gotta be honest. And I've said this before, he's sort of an asshole and he treated, he really didn't understand. I mean, there was just a lot of victim and that's fine, but he hadn't seemed like he'd gotten to the point of any responsibility. But my biggest issue was that book is how he treated women and the way he spoke about women and the way he spoke about women in his life and previous exes and very, very dismissive and very, and it was reminiscent of, of me dating an addict. I, I, I had a deep and heartbreaking relationship with somebody who was an addict and the narcissism is just, they never saw it. He never, he always saw himself as victim. It didn't matter if he stole, if he cheated, if he lied, it was my fault and everybody else's fault. Like we made him do that. And it came across like that in the book, which to me just indicated he had not really gotten to that other side and I don't know him and I'm sure he was, you know, uh, trying and he's loved and it's heartbreaking and this death is heartbreaking. But the book was really triggering for me. I encourage you uh, to check it out because it is a beautiful account, but it's also one that shows somebody still deeply in it and deeply in pain. And I, I don't know how he died. It sounds like there may have been you know, maybe some anti-anxiety meds, maybe it was heart related. There was clearly he drowned, but how that happened and it's heartbreaking. And it seems like I hope he's at peace now, but you're hearing from some of the women in his past and in, you know, there's pain there and being in a relationship with an addict, somebody who's currently an addict or maybe not fully honest with their sobriety is really fucked up and it can do your head in. And 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 I feel for the women in his life who probably are still struggling with that and to this day. So it's sad, but I know everybody's sort of celebrating him as this, gen- this not that he's not a genius, but as this, you know, wonderful, wonderful person. And I'm sure he was, but there is another side that it's right there in his words. You can listen to them in his words. If you listen, I, to be honest, listen to the audio book. So it's even, more present because he's reading it. And it just, some of that, some of the book was beautiful, but some of it drove me utterly bananas. Like I was like, oh my God, I, who would date this man? So there you go. I'm going to get canceled now. I'm going to get canceled for this whole podcast. Are we even going to put this podcast out? David's probably like, I think it's too controversial and we're done. So on that note, I am going to not go out trick or treating. I am going to get on my treadmill and sweat the shit out, and then take a bubble bath. That's my hot night. Mary, make out and mute. I am going to uh, make out with all of the New Yorkers that are doing the great, great work. Those are the New Yorkers that told Bagel Boy to go take a hike. Those are the New Yorkers that got the guy taking down. There are several now. There are several videos coming out, but the one that went viral last week of the of the sort of non Jewish blue collar guys c- confronting a anti an anti-semite who's ripping down these missing posters of the hostages and they're like get the fuck out of here. I don't give a fuck. I'm not Jewish, but this is so fucked up. How dare you like I want to make out with all of them. All of them. Give me those guys. I will have a full-on makeout fest. And I want to oh my god I don't know. I said it last time, but I'm so in love with Taylor and Travis Kelsey. I don't know what to say. I just, I'm so like, like I'm so rooting for them. I want, I don't know if I want to marry them, but I want to be at their wedding. I want them to get married. I want them to have babies. I want, I want what, I want the joy. I want the fairy tale for them and for her. And I think she finally found her match. Why do I care? What does it say about me? What does it say? I also just want to marry all of the people out there who are fighting the fight And, you know, this are not just for Israel, but just to bring humanity and to say, like, guys, snap out of it. Like, there's humanity. We don't want people being murdered and we don't want children being murdered and we don't want people being beheaded. I mean, the humanity standing up for what's right, going against now the what seems to be the masses standing up and being courageous. I want to marry all of you. And I want to mute. I want to mute the haters. I want to mute the anti-Semites. I want to mute the anti, you know, the Islamophobes. I want to mute them. Like we all need to get into this world and be together. There is no right or wrong of, of a race or a religion. Um, so I want to mute the people who, who are thinking it's binary and, um, there you go. That's it. Thanks for letting me rant. I hope to have a guest again. I just, uh, it's been, you know, the headspace and I, I don't want to put somebody into, the, I don't, get somebody else canceled on my behalf because I'm so fired up right now. But thank you for listening, sending you all love and peace. And we're going to get through this together and keep fighting the fight. And I'll see you next week. Top culture.